The championship series are upon us. Four teams are left. We've got the Red Sox and the Astros playing in the ALCS and the Braves and the Dodgers in the National League Championship Series. So we're going to get into those series. We're going to give you a little bit of a different angle than you might get in some other places. Uh, before we get into that, we're going to talk um, a little wrap-up of the Giants-Dodgers uh, series that finished up last night. Uh, what's going on, Mason? So uh, last night was Game 5, win or go home for both uh, the Dodgers and the Giants. It was uh, Logan Webb versus what we thought was going to be Luis Arias. And turns Julio. out... Uh, what? Julio, you got your wrong Arias. Oh, crap. Julio Arias, not the third baseman shortstop for the Brewers, the pitcher <laughs> for the Dodgers. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so Julio Arias was supposed to be on the bump. He was announced three days ago as the starter for uh, yesterday's game. But uh, Dave Roberts uh, had a little bit of a plan uh, to throw off the Giants. So uh, yesterday morning they announced Corey Kniebel would be getting the start. Um, Kniebel is a reliever for the Dodgers, so they were going with an opener strategy. Uh, We get to the game time. Kniebel comes in, throws uh, uh, scoreless first. Uh, then Bruce Dar Gratterall came in behind him, made it look like it was going to be a bullpen game, um, threw another scoreless inning, and then Arias came in, and I don't remember how many innings he pitched. He pitched but, four innings. Yeah, so he did end up getting not if not a full start workload, but he carried a majority of that game. Um, and then uh, I think it was uh, tied at one coming into the ninth inning. Um, and Cody Bellinger ended up knocking in the, uh, the leading run. We get to the bottom of the ninth inning, um, two outs, man on first, and the game ended on a check swing that was definitely not a swing. So that's just the TLDR. Um, it was, it was a really good game to watch. Um, so it was a, a can't think of the word now. I'm still flustered from the Luis Julio mix-up. Um, it was it was a, a pitcher's duel in a sense, uh, but Logan Webb dominated, uh, going another seven innings uh, after his seven and two thirds in Game One. Uh, looked great for the Giants, and it just wasn't meant to be. So, yeah, uh, really uh, exciting game for the most part. Uh, we didn't do our uh, zero from the uh, this series. We omitted that, but I guess we can give that to Gabe Morales uh, for yeah. giving us a very unsavory taste in our mouth to conclude what was an awesome series. Um, yeah. But the Dodgers are moving on, and um, they definitely deserve to win the game. Like it, It's not really the call that put them over the top. It's just the fact that it ended like that. Yeah, it's the Giants still could have done something. Yeah. is the the problem. One of the main and rules of instead, baseball is that Gabe you get Morales just three strikes, not two. Yeah. So and Gabe Morales just took the bat straight out of their hands. Yep. So it it was uh there were not very many people. Well, there was nobody that was happy about that call. Uh, unless you were a Dodgers fan. And even they, that might, even Dodgers fans felt kind of weird about it too i think yeah but at the same time you go in and celebrate with champagne so you forget about it quickly but i don't think anyone else is really going to forget about that no no so but um yeah anything else uh just to wrap up that series in general no, just it was a it was a great series. It was probably the most important series in the Dodgers Giants rivalry history, which goes all the way back to when they were in Brooklyn and uh, was it was it Queens where uh, where the Giants were at the time? Uh, it could have been. I wasn't there, so I don't know. Well, we have like maps and stuff for a reason, oh. history books. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, so it it was a huge series and. It was very evenly matched. It, it was fun to watch. Um, I'm really hoping that we get to see something like that again with two uh, these two teams being dominant and facing off in the playoffs. 
I think it would be amazing if it was in the NLCS to go to the World Series. But we'll have to see uh, if that can ever happen. So, um, Other than that, now we're looking ahead to Dodgers versus the Atlanta Braves. Yes, yes so. we are. So we can go ahead and get started with that series. So we're going to do something a little bit different. So uh, the four teams that are remaining are kind of what you could call some of the um, – the most successful franchises, specifically in the most recent years, the Braves are a little bit different, but the Red Sox, the Astros, and the Dodgers have all been extremely successful in the last decade. Um, all four of the teams have uh, are top 10 in wins in the last 10 years. Um, so we, we kind of have a little bit of what we've seen in recent memory, because we do have three of the the last World Series champions uh, remaining with the 18 Red Sox, the 19 Astros. Well, I guess the Astros were in the World Series. They didn't win, but um, and then the Dodgers last year. So we can start with the Dodgers and Braves series and what we wanted to do is kind of look back at some of these recent teams from from the Dodgers and the Braves and compare them to the current iteration of the squad and just see how they stack up, see where we can point out some things that were better or worse about the teams and, and see how that could affect them in the um, upcoming series here. So uh, you want to start with the Dodgers, the Braves? Um. Let's let's start with the Dodgers. So I, I guess so. Let's start it out with just a little bit of a historical note on this matchup in general. So um, this will be the second consecutive year of the LA Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves facing off with the World Series appearance on the line. Um, they were the or the NLCS matchup last year uh, in the uh, kind of weird playoff um situation with the the covid shortened season and i think there were 16 teams that made the playoffs in in total eight from each league um but these two teams made it through a three game wild card round a five game division series a seven or and played in a seven game nlcs this year we're back to the normal um playoff format uh that we're all used to and might be disappearing with the new cba who knows uh that's to be determined um but now they're back. So the Dodgers have been incredibly successful in recent years. Their appearance in the NLCS this year, their appearance in the NLCS last year, that's not new. It's not surprising. They've made the playoffs in nine consecutive years. Um, five of those uh, appearances, they've made it to the NLCS. Three of them, they've made it to the World Series. And last year, they finally made it to the Promised Land and got their first ring since 1988. Um, so this Dodgers team has a lot of, uh, recent success in history that we can look at. So I started looking at these last, uh, just nine seasons. Um, and there were, uh, five seasons between 91 and 94 wins. Um, the 2020 season, I kind of just threw that one out cause c- trying to compare 60 games versus 162 is not really realistic um but there were three seasons where the dodgers have won 104 or more games uh 2017 2019 and then this year in 2021 um i can't remember i think it was 2017 they won 106 2019 104 and then this year 106 again um so i guess that's kind of the historical context of the Dodgers making it here. Um, so if we start looking at those teams to compare them, um, I kind of wanted to see where the Dodgers stacked up in the league as far as hitting and pitching each of those years. So uh, according to Baseball Reference War, um, the Dodgers in 2017 had the sixth best offense, or yeah, sixth best offense and seventh best uh, pitching staff. In 2019, they were the second best offense 
and the 15th best pitching staff, uh, which put an asterisk on that, and we'll come to that in a minute when I bring Gowie back into it. 2021, uh, they were the 8th best uh, uh hitting team and the best pitching staff so when we look at those three teams Gowie what what stands out to you um, about this 2021 season compared to that 17 and 19 year um I, I just feel like the the depth of the lineup is even stronger than it was maybe in those other two years obviously it's a lot of the same players with, uh, you know, your Max Muncy and your uh, Cody Bellinger, your Justin Turner. Like, it, it's the same characters that are recurring in all these seasons that are the key contributors to the Dodgers. Um, I just feel like the this year with, with adding Trey Turner to the 2021 lineup midseason from the, from the Nationals and then just having other guys that they can plug into various spots like uh, you're Chris Taylor, and then I think Will Smith is a major upgrade over anything that they've ever had at catcher, um, just on the offense side. Um, so this is the chart of the top five uh, pitchers and hitters from the uh, Dodgers 2017, 19, and 21 seasons. And um, as Gowie said, you're Justin Turner's, you're Cody Bellinger's, you're Kyle Seeger's. Uh, and Chris Taylor, those guys are pretty much on the list every year. You do have a rotating cast of like Alex Verdugo, Yasiel Puig, um, Will Smith this year, um, Mookie being added to that team recently. So it, everything kind of tends to change up a little bit while being pretty consistent. The thing that stood out to me is the 19 team um, was really top heavy in their uh, lineup as far as um, productive hitters where belly was a superstar in 2019 i believe that was his mvp season right that's right yeah so and then the rest of the team uh was also productive but not nearly to the level of bellinger fast forward to 21 and you don't have that elite guy like cody bellinger but you spread out um his or that uh kind of productivity across the rest of the team so in general I would argue this team is actually better offensively, especially if you factor in the fact that Trey Turner has another 4.3 war um, that he accumulated with Washington that is not built into this uh, number here. So they're really the top-hitting team um, and pretty much on par offensively uh, from a war standpoint, a total team war, uh, pretty much on par with 19. So... Is that was a really long-winded way to say that I think this 21 team is equal to, if not better, offensively. And then on the pitching side, um, I think we can probably say the same thing. I mean, we've called this team the super team. Other people have called it the super team. I, I think just the names that they have and how they've performed this year kind of backs that up with Walker Buehler turning into a super ace, kind of one of the best pitchers in the league. Um, obviously adding Scherzer, he was amazing down the stretch. Um, Urias in his, uh, pitching the most innings that he's ever pitched in his career and being the same, like really good pitcher that he's been, they have a really strong starting rotation. And in years past, it's mostly been Kershaw and then other guys have been really good too. But I think in terms of the top level kind of elite talent they have more of it than they've ever had before yeah and then this year is also intriguing to me that their uh their bullpen is also just like these guys who used to be dominant and then kind of fell off a bit have found their stride again with kenley um this season being a really really good uh guy out of the bullpen for him racking up 2.3 uh b war Blake Trinan uh, putting up 2.4. And so their top five is not just their rotation, which is kind of impressive because their rotation is really good. So when you start putting relievers in their top five uh, war, that kind of just means you have a really good bullpen too. So whereas if you look at 2019, all five of those guys were in their rotation. Uh, 2017, four out of the five were in their rotation. 21, 
three out of the top five. Um, I do want to note Scherzer's 2.7 war is just since he's been to the Dodgers. So his war over the course of the season is, I think, actually higher than Bueller's. I think. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, so I guess I I think we're both in agreement that the 21 team is potentially the best on-paper team that the Dodgers have put out. Is that a fair statement? And even performance-wise, right, They, if you're saying they tied what the number of wins that they had in 2017, um, I'm always going to be under the – I'm always going to believe that winning the most games in the regular season, they didn't do it this year, but obviously they were just one game behind the Giants. But that's that's as impressive, if not more impressive, than winning the World Series. Yeah. It's over a larger sample and – as we know, literally anything can happen in the playoffs. And, and you know, they've been to the World Series a couple of times where they lost, and those teams were, you know, on paper equal or better than the teams that they lost to in the World Series. Yeah, so, and the I, I find it really, uh, really cool, though, that they are on the brink of another World Series appearance with the best on-paper team, the best team by results, it seems like everything is coming together. Granted, we've got seven games of hell that's coming up for them. Who knows what's going to happen there? Um, <laughs> yeah. But the way it's gone so far is almost to this, like to a T, the script that they put together for this season. The only fluke is that they were a game behind the Giants in the regular season. So. Um, but you, you bring up a really interesting point, which I think would, uh, make a good transition over to their opponent. So how many times have the Dodgers made the, uh, world series here? I, it was three, right? Three times. So 17, 18 and 20. All right. So 17, 18 and 20, and they've won one of them. Yep. Does that remind you of a certain, uh, certain other franchise that may have been to, oh, I don't know, five World Series in a, like, nine-year period and won only one? Yeah, so obviously you're making reference to the 1990s Braves who lost four World Series. I can't even imagine the pain of being a fan of that team. Uh, but they're the perfect ex- example of what the the Dodgers potentially could become, and I think a lot of people would think that would that would be funny uh probably me included but i i would love that yeah so the the 90s braves they they won they won the division almost every year in the 90s lost those four world series i'll say that the 2021 version of the braves is really nothing like the uh the 90s braves we kind of struggled with that as we were doing our research but we're gonna kind of see how they stack up with their more recent teams as the Braves have made the postseason in the last four years. So they've got a pretty solid uh, cast of uh, core players, especially with their infield. All their infielders were really great this season with uh, Ozzie Albies and Dancy Swanson up the middle, Freddie Freeman and Austin Riley on the corners. So that's kind of the, the core of their team. Obviously they're missing Ronald Acuna and Mike Soroka. So, probably their best pitcher and definitely their best um, overall player. But I think they they could definitely give the Dodgers a run for their money because they've been playing very well and, and they played well in the last series as well. Yeah. Um, so the this year's Atlanta Braves are um, 11th uh, in the major leagues in offensive war, um, and that's with Ronald Acuna only playing 82 games. He racked up an insane 4.2 F war before getting hurt. Um, And so if he were healthy, just imagine how good that team would be offensively. Um, I would would be willing to bet that if Acuna were healthy this year, this would look a lot more like the 2019 team, um, which was uh, kind of a... I don't know if juggernaut's the right, like offensive juggernaut. I don't know if that's quite the right term, but they were really, really good offensively in 19. Um, 
where oh, I'm on the wrong page here. Uh, here we go. Uh, in 19, they had. Uh, well, about 26.3 F war uh, offensively. And in 20, I think I said that total was 22. So, yeah. So, if they had had Acuna for the rest of the year and he would have put up about that same four war, we would be talking an offensive um, Braves team very similar to the 2019 iteration of the team. Yeah. Um, so, the, or the 2021 team does have quite a bit of carryover from that 19 team with, um, by quite a bit, it's pretty much all carryover with some key additions and guys like, uh, um, Austin Riley, uh, well, maybe not an addition, just more games from Austin Riley. Um, I think Adam Duvall, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario. And those are some of the guys that have been like most important to this offense this season. So I do think, even though they've lost Acuna, those guys will be able to uh, make up the difference here offensively, and they've they've shown that they can. Um, and so I do think that that puts them in a good spot to compete offensively here in this series. Yep, and uh, I guess on the pitching side, obviously haven't had Soroka for the year at all, but they signed Charlie Morton this season, so... He kind of fills that void. Freed has been pitching well. Uh, Ian Anderson. So I, I think they they do have the starting pitching to match up with the Dodgers. We just saw Logan Webb shut the Dodgers down a couple times, so no reason why the, the, the Braves couldn't do it. Not saying that they will, but it's at least a possibility. Yeah, and to, to stick with my comp to the 2019 team, this pro, or this pitching staff, uh, one, it, just the 21 pitching staff is underrated in and of itself. Like they're, they're a lot better than people give them credit for. And they showed it by pitching really, really well against the Brewers this last series. They, uh, not the Brewers aren't really a great offensive team. Um, so that does make it a little bit easier, but they shut out that team twice in a row. Getting a shutout against any team is not an easy feat. And they only gave up two runs in game one, then two consecutive shutouts. And then I think they gave up, what, four runs in game four? Yeah. So, um, and that's behind um, really good starts from Max Freed and Charlie Morton. If you go back to 2019, besides Mike Soroka and Max Freed and kind of, sort of, Julio Teheran, or Tehran, 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 I call him Teheran as a joke, and now I can't stop doing it. Um, but yeah, they really didn't have any other pitchers that year, and their bullpen was not really amazing. They did have Chris Martin um, and Mark Melanson um, at the back end of their uh, bullpen, but the rest of the um, pitching staff was just kind of kind of middle of the road, like pitching to high three, low four ERAs for the most part. Um, so I actually really like this version of the Braves a lot more than I do this past couple seasons of Braves postseason teams. Yeah. And I think they were kind of written off at the beginning of this year or after Acuna got hurt that they wouldn't be able to compete, but they've kind of proved that wrong. And, and I liked what you said about the, the different outfielders that have contributed. So it's like four different guys that kind of are making up for the production that they lose from Acuna. It doesn't, it's not exactly like the same, but it's the best they can do. And, and it's kind of working. Yeah. The basically what they were doing is they were taking a whole bunch of, uh, I, I don't want to call them used parts because these guys are a lot better than just used parts. Um, but they're taking bits and pieces of other players and stitching them together, uh, as a, um, platoon to try and replicate a Ronald Acuna. And, for the most part, they're doing a solid job. I think maybe defensively is where they're lacking with their uh, Frankenstein outfielder. <laughs> but there's worse things. So, so yeah, so kudos to the Braves. And I think this is going to be a pretty interesting series to watch. 
Uh, the Dodgers are clearly the front runner, and in the uh, Braves are very much the underdogs. Uh, just in um, probably the opinion of every betting man on earth. Um, but that being said, in your very unexpert opinion, in a game that is uh, very much up to chance and does things that we never expect. How do you think this series is going to go? Um, well, like you said, clear favor is the Dodgers here. But if you look back at 2020 in the playoffs, the Braves had a 3-1 lead in the NLCS. They were just a game away from the World Series. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the Braves to win the, to win the series in seven games. They're going to get the job done. They're going to steal... Uh, a couple games just on the strength of their starting pitching. Um, and I think they can they can hit enough to to kind of match uh, match with the Dodgers. I like that pick. I, I think I'm gonna go right there with you and back you and I'm gonna back you uh, noting that I think my um, my guy to watch that could be the potentially the biggest X factor is Waskari Noah. Um, he may end up starting a game. He may come out of the pen. Uh, he only has a two-pitch mix as a starter, which is very uncommon because um, it really makes it pretty easy to guess what type of pitch is coming, but his movement is so elite and his speed is so good that it makes it really hard to hit him. So he's going to be Snickers' um, kind of golden uh, golden goose there, I think. He can put him in in a uh, game four start if he needs to, or if he needs a long man, or if he just needs a guy to come in and pitch a shutout inning. Watch Anoa come in. Uh, fun note: Waskari Noah was Devin Williams before Devin Williams was Devin Williams. Uh, he did punch the bench in Milwaukee early this season and broke his hand. He's clearly recovered from that, and he's back to pitching as dominant as he was at the beginning of the season. So. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's that series. Let's uh, uh, move I, on to the American. I did have just one more kind of fun fact for you. So, uh, the Dodgers World Series was in a shortened season of sixty games, right? So, out of yep. the five World Series appearances that the Braves had in the nineties, they only won the one, which was also in a shortened season. So, when we were making the parallel of this Dodgers team being like the 90s Braves or potentially being like the 90s Braves. If the Dodgers make it to another World Series and lose, I would argue it is like the perfect comp. Winning a World Series in a not full season, going to a whole bunch of others, being probably the best team in the league, and just not being able to cross the finish line those other years. So that's just a fun yes. fact that I wanted to throw out there for everybody. Very fun. Okay, so Astros and Red Sox. These two teams have awesome offenses, and they've also had a lot of success in the recent years, kind of in, in different ways, but uh, let's start with the Astros. So the Astros are a lot like the Dodgers in many ways, and they do not stop hitting ever. They had the best uh, position player war back in um, – 2017 and then also in 2019 and then also in 2021 so it it's just like the Dodgers in that they have kind of the same uh cast of players with uh Carlos Correa Alex Bregman Altuve Yuli Gurriel they've all been part of uh those teams the 17 Astros won the World Series with and they won 101 games during the regular season. The 19 Astros won 107 games and went to the World Series, losing to the Nationals. And then this year's version won 95 games. So offense is really strong. They barely strike out. So if, if you if you hate strikeouts, you probably enjoy watching the Astros uh, play baseball. Yeah, and uh, this Astros uh, lineup is. Uh, just a, a stat to back up your statement there about them being so great at not striking out. Um, they had, 
I think it was the best strikeout rate uh, in the majors, and they had a 19.1% strikeout rate at home at Minute Maid Park in a 19.8 on the road. So they were consistently great uh, anywhere they played, um, striking out only 19 to 20% of the time. And and that's just unheard of in uh, the way that baseball has kind of been going the last couple of years. So it definitely makes it a pitcher's job tough knowing that you can't get them to chase. So if you're a stuff guy without a lot of control and you bank on people chasing a nasty slider outside of the zone, this team is not as not as likely to do that. So you're going to have a lot tougher job. Yeah. And one thing to relate it to the series they're about to play. So obviously they put the ball in play more than anyone else. And the Red Sox have a terrible defense. They are worse. They are, they're 30th in MLB and outs above average. They're just awful at turning uh, balls in play into outs. So uh, that's going to be a serious challenge for the Red Sox to overcome. And there's really no reason that they would just stop hitting now. I yeah. mean, anything can happen in a seven-game series. But Now, uh, I, I would mention, I, I think it's a pretty comparable defense on Boston's side and offense on Houston's side to the 2018 uh, ALCS, is it not? Because they, they faced off against each other in 18, and I know Houston's yeah, offense the, was... back then, so we'll get, we can get to that when we talk about the Red Sox, but the Red Sox defense was way better in 2018. Was it? Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I guess that makes sense then. So maybe they will have a tougher pro, uh, time this time around, but I was just thinking that um, this Houston lineup is pretty much exactly the same. Statistically, Plus, same players. And... Yeah, so just like the Dodgers, they've kind of got these parts that switch in and out. So now instead of uh, George Springer in there, they've got Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez. So they just continue to find guys that that produce. And year after year, they've got, you know, five, six guys that have WRC pluses above 120 for the season, which is just incredible. Yeah. Now, on the pitching side... How does this team compare? I just from my uh, kind of un un uh, unexpert opinion, non-expert opinion, whatever the word is there. This is a considerably less experienced and I think uh, worse pitching staff than they've had in in the last couple of years. Um, in nineteen, they had Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander, a healthy Zach Greinke. Um, who else did they have? Uh, Wade Miley, I think, right? Yeah. So, I yeah. So nineteen for me, the nineteen Astros were the best version on the pitching side because of those top two guys in Verlander and Cole, who were number one and number two in the Cy Young uh, finish there. So this staff is pretty good. They were pretty successful over the season. Not having Lance McCullers for this series is going to be potentially huge against a good Boston lineup. Um, so it's kind of in the hands of the, the really young guys and the really old guys. So Luis Garcia, Framber Valdez, going to definitely get starts in this series. Most likely, you would think that Zach Greinke is now going to slot in after he pitched out of the bullpen in the first series because they've got to they've gotta cover those innings somehow. So is he stretched um, out for full starts, or is he really only stretched out for three innings? Because I know he was coming off um, of injury pretty close to playoff time, so they just kind of left him in the pen. Yeah, I I would think that he would be able to give them, you know, three, four innings or so. And so, you're, so you're still going to have to back him with a couple more relievers than you would typically want to with a guy like Grinky. Yeah, and then they've got um, they've got Christian Javier, who, who could be that multi-inning guy. He did that in the first series, and he's a guy that – could give them, you know, three innings at a time out of the pen. Could Christian so Javier really potentially piece. slot in as a starter? That too, yeah. And then they've also got Jake Odorizzi available. Okay. So, yeah, so they have a lot of options that they can kind of Frankenstein uh, Lance McCullers like the Braves are Frankensteining uh, in Acuna. Um, 
it's obviously not the same as having the real thing, but could get them through the series to getting McCullers back in the World Series if they make it. So, yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. Kind of a comp to uh, to Javier. So in in nineteen they had uh, well, wait, was it nineteen? Nineteen they had a very good bullpen, which is a lot different than than they have now. Because right now you can trust Ryan Presley, but beyond that, it's kind of uh, a little sketchy. But in 19, they had Will Harris, Roberto Ozuna, uh, Hector Rondon, and also Presley back then too. So it was a lot deeper, and um, that helped them in the playoff run as well. Yeah. So, um, So I guess... We know how those old Houston teams did, obviously, because, I mean, the past is the past. Uh, but that 19 uh, Houston team uh, made it to the World Series, had an elite offense and an elite pitching staff. The 17 team won the World Series. They had an elite offense. Their pitching staff was, I don't know if, would you consider it elite or just, like, really good? In seventeen, uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a step down. I, I think that's closer to where they are now. The seventeen pitching to the twenty one pitching, I feel like that's a closer comparison. I, I still feel like this this uh, pitching staff is a little bit worse than seventeen, though. Per, it yeah, may, maybe probably. it's not worse; it's just less experienced, and so it then makes it seem worse. And having um, Verlander on that run that he was on at the end of seventeen, that's. A, a lot different than anything that they have now. Yeah, and so and knowing that they have McCullers out for this series, making it a little tougher. Is this Astros team good enough to win this series? They're definitely good enough, just on the strength of their offense. I think because right. they can they can match up with anyone. They have the best offense. I think even better than the Red Sox. All right. So they say pitching wins championships, but this year's kind of proven that the best offensive team has won every series. So they could definitely win it without having an elite pitching staff based on just the trends from this postseason alone. But I wanted to throw that question out there because it is a pretty obvious difference. And if we're comparing back to these kind of elite teams that they've been in the past, they're still an elite team, but they're less elite than they've been before. So, which I think is going to, whenever we talk about the Red Sox here in a minute, I think is going to make it a little bit closer of a matchup and is going to make it a really, really fun to watch ALCS. Indeed. So, you want to go on to the Red Sox now? Let's do it. Okay. So, the Red Sox are kind of different than the Astros because they've had some weird uh, up and down seasons. So, sometimes they'll win the World Series and then the next year they'll be in last place. That just seems like a really rare thing. Like, no other team is kind of like that. Yeah, like, you hear worst to first, and that's not common, but, but it, makes it sense, happens. Right? Yeah. Very seldom do you see first to worst, and it seems like every time the Red Sox win a World Series, they're the worst team the next year. Yeah, it's incredible. But... Yeah, but... So, yeah, I was looking looking through the various years that they won the World Series... In this century, and we're, 2004. We're, no, we're, we're skipping two of these. Uh, we're we're going to skip that first one. Yeah, we're skipping these. the first one and the third one. We're not going to so say the 2014, years. 2004, no. 2007, no. 2013, 2018. Why did... They won all those years. They, they are the opposite of the 90s Braves. They always go to the World Series and they always win. Why did... Or when they go to the World Series, they always win. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think this is the team that we can... Um, most easily call it a dynasty uh four world series championships in 14 years um another opportunity to uh get there this year um the they are up and down it's almost like the even year magic of the giants from the early 2000s except a little bit more spread out but yeah but this dynasty is weird so their good years are good how does this year stack up to their good years? Yeah, so this year, 
I do think they're a little bit worse than some of these uh, championship teams. Um, obviously, they didn't even win their division. They just snuck into the playoffs as the second wild card. Only won 92 games. All the other World Series champion teams won 96-plus games. So that's a difference. And then offensively, all these um, all these squads were, were real juggernauts. So in 18, they had Mookie Betts uh, MVP season. He had like 10 war that season. They had the second most uh, offensive war of any team in the league that year, and then they backed it up with pretty solid pitching and uh, insanely good uh, 158 innings from Chris Sale that year. So they, I think this this year, obviously they, they have many uh, star players, but that year they had some real standout star seasons in, in 18 with uh, with Betts, Eddie Martinez. MV Pierce. MV Pierce, who was absurd in his short uh, stint with the Red Sox and then into the playoffs. So, you know what? There is a comp to Steve Pierce here, and that's Kyle Schwarber, Mm -hmm. who joined the team midseason and has pretty much raked, and he played well in the the playoffs so far, too. So, he's kind of that guy for this team. Yeah, I I think that – and he's kind of – been that so far in this playoffs and so yeah. if he continues to do it i i do see him being an mvp of an alcs or a world series if obviously if the red sox win i i would be willing to put money on schwarber winning a an mvp of one of those two um another guy who's in this particular iteration of the red sox that has uh some uh postseason hero uh, in him is Nathan Eovaldi. Uh, Eovaldi was, uh, arguably the next best or the next biggest hero on the 2018 Red Sox team. Um, I think he started and came in in relief, uh, throughout the, the postseason run there, uh, and just flat out dominated. And so far, I think in, uh, in the division series, Avaldi had a really good start, didn't he? In game one, uh, he pitched game three. Game he three? was okay, but obviously the wild card game, he was great. That, that's what it was. The wild card game, not not game one of the division series. Um, but yeah, so this Red Sox team is interesting to me because like they don't really seem like they're that good, but they have guys who can just flat out dominate. Guys that can flat out rake in Schwarber and uh, JD. Um, it kind of rem- Devers and Bogarts. Like Devers the, and Bogarts. And we saw it against the Rays, who have some of the best pitching. Uh, probably, I think we could say they easily have better pitching than the Astros. Yeah, and they completely manhandled them. The, this so, this offense has a, po- a lot of comps to me to the thirteen team. I don't think it's as good, but there's a lot of comps to it. Um, and obviously some comps to 18 with Schwarber to Pierce, but like just the big poppy to, uh, JD is kind of correlates in my head as far as importance and like, um, ability there. Um, you got guys like, uh, Mike Napoli, um, that was kind of a, a big power guy there as well. And so he kind of stands out as like a Kyle Schwarber type to me. So I do think in a postseason run, this team could end up going on a run similar to the 13 offense through the, the rest yeah, of the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. We can, we can comp some more players if you want, too. Like Shane Victorino, it's kind of like the Kike Hernandez. I, I uh, love that today. comp. That's a great comp. So And, uh, you know, they had Dustin Pedroia probably as their best player of that team. Then Jacoby Ellsbury when he was actually good. So that was a really impressive offense. And this one can be too, as we just saw in this last season. And Salt to Vasquez, pretty decent comp. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. This this offense looks awfully 2013-y to me. Yeah, so hopefully we see tons of runs in this series. Actually, I don't see any way we don't see tons of runs in this series, right? Oh, yeah, no, this is going to be, this is going to be like stereotypical American League Baseball. 
there's going to be a lot of runs and there's going to be a lot of lead changes. I think a lot of home runs, especially with these, uh, these two teams. Cause Altuve being as small as he is, is probably the second biggest power hitter on the Astros behind Jordan. And then over on, um, the Red Sox, all the guys we just named can just flat out mash. So especially when it gets to Boston, I would expect to see uh, no no fewer than four over the monster. So yeah, I, I'd like to see some uh, some nine eight games. They would probably take four hours and thirty minutes, but I think it would be worth it. Yeah, but and it's East Coast. Um, well, I guess they all start at eight p.m. Eastern, so it doesn't really matter. I was going to say they're East Coast, so they'll be earlier, so I could stay up and watch the really long game, but that's not how that works. Dang. So, um, uh, one other thing on on this year's team to some of their historic teams. So, you mentioned Evaldi uh, in 18, pitching out of the bullpen. He kind of saved them. The guy uh, that could be that guy this year and has been to this point is two guys, actually. In Nick Favetta, who saved them in Game Three against the Rays in the extra inning game, and then also Tanner Houck, who bailed them out in in Chris Sale's bad start. Yeah, which if I was the opposing team, I would hate seeing Houck come in after Sale because Sale, when he's on, is unhittable. His his um his uh arm slot is really unique. Uh, from the left side, he's got a nasty slider and everything. And even when he's off, it's still probably really intimidating and hard to hit him. But they figured out how to do it, and they they flat out rocked him that day. But then Tanner Houck comes in and has the exact same arm slot, the exact same nasty slider, but coming from the other side of the plate. So imagine yeah. if Sale in game one here is actually on, and then they bring Houck in to uh, relieve him. How nasty! Yeah, I really would that do be? think that Sale is going to be better. I, I it can't get. Any I was worse going to say it would be hard to be worse than he was in that yeah. game. He didn't even and finish the so first rare inning. So that he? he's been. He just pitched the one inning there. So that he did get the three outs though. I think so. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so it'd be really interesting to see. But I do like the uh, Pavetta slash Hauk to uh, that twenty eighteen A of all the comp. That's. It's an interesting comp that I hadn't thought of. It's it's hard yeah. to comp a guy to somebody who's still on the team now. Because <laughs> you want to make the one-to-one, this guy is going to be himself, not someone's going to be him. Yeah, but. and uh, with 2018 as well, the, the reason they were needing to re- rely on Evaldi so much is because they were really worried about uh, Craig Kimbrell, who really struggled down the stretch that year. And then they didn't really have too many other real trustworthy relievers like Matt Barnes. Ryan Brazier was pretty good in the in the World Series, but they had to rely on the starters. And I think the 21 uh, Red Sox are in the same situation. Yeah. So, no, it'll, it'll be interesting. Be interesting for sure. Yep. And who did they play in that? Uh, uh, it was the Dodgers in 18, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, I think this will be one heck of a matchup. Um, and honestly, this matchup between the Astros and the Red Sox is kind of eerily similar to that 18 World Series. Yeah. Like just as far the, as like the Astros the, themselves are the Astros and the Dodgers are very similar teams. Yeah. Just in terms of how successful they've been and and how they're good on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And so so yeah. I guess how do you see this series going? I still would give a decent advantage to the Astros just because of uh kind of getting back to the 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 offense versus the defense thing. So I don't know how they're going to be able to ke- like keep up with uh, with the Astros' offense if they like, make errors or just are not very effective fielding the balls. So I'm going to go with the Astros in 
maybe six. Okay. So I'm going to take a cop out here, uh, and I am going to just get behind Trevor May's uh, opinion on this series. So I was um, on Twitch. Uh, Sarah Langs does a Twitch stream every, was it Thursday, I think, uh, on MLB's Twitch account. And uh, Trevor May hopped in the chat and was just given his opinion. So we were asking Major Leaguer his opinion on, on this series and who's going to win. And he said it's a coin flip, but he's going to give it 51 to 49 to the Astros. So I'm taking that 51 to 49 Astros. Um, right. I will not pick how many games because I want nothing to do. Uh, seven. It's going to go to seven. Seven. Yeah. So that's what we all really want seven games yeah series so yeah so gonna be a couple really exciting series uh we thank you for joining us on this episode so if you enjoyed it please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform or youtube make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes and you can go check out all our uh, previous coverage of the postseason we've been doing extra podcasts um every week so we're going to continue that uh, for the rest of the playoffs for sure. And um, yeah, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter uh, for notifications of when we're going to record next. Um, we've been better at putting it on Twitter than Facebook, admittedly. So probably default to that if you're looking for scheduling updates, um, just in case we forget to log into Facebook. Uh, yeah, so it's at Getaway Day Pod on both. So, uh, and then let us know, uh, what teams you would most comp the current iterations of the, uh, championship series teams to. So let us know on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube comments. We're curious what you have to say. So that's all I got. So, all right. With that, you guys have a great rest of your day.